Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine and creator of drjockers.com, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. This podcast is sponsored by our friends over at Paleo Valley, and I want to tell you about their amazing Super Greens, organic Super Greens powder. And the reason why I love Super Greens is because of the chlorophyll content. Most people don't know a whole lot about chlorophyll, but but it's what gives plants their green color. And it actually takes biophotons from the sun and turns them into energy within the plant. Chlorophyll is amazing for our blood purification, detoxification, and mitochondrial health. When we consume chlorophyll, it helps our mitochondria produce energy more effectively. It helps our blood flow and blood pressure uh, function more optimally and helps oxygenate the deep tissues of our body. So it's really powerful. The problem is it's hard to eat enough plant foods to get enough chlorophyll. And a lot of people really struggle. Their digestive systems really struggle to break down a lot of the plant fibers. So one of the best ways to get a clinical dose of chlorophyll is through a super greens powder. And that's why I love the organic super greens because it's all organic. And on top of that, there's no added sugars in it. They also have a whole bunch of other uh, digestive supportive superfoods. They've got digestive enzymes, ginger, lemon, beet, a whole bunch of different superfoods that support digestion and have and are rich in polyphenols that help bring down inflammation in the body and support the microbiome. And it doesn't contain any cereal grasses, wheatgrass, barley grass, oat, rye grass. There's a lot of different individuals, particularly people with chronic inflammation and autoimmune conditions that struggle with cereal grasses because they contain a compound, a lectin, called wheat germ agglutin, which is highly inflammatory and can be very gut irritating. And so organic super greens by Paleo Valley is the only greens powder that's super rich in chlorophyll, but doesn't contain the WGA. So guys, you can check it out and save 15% off any of the Paleo Valley products, including their organic super greens. Just go to paleovalley.com forward slash jockers. That's paleovalley.com forward slash jockers to save 15% off. And what I do with the greens powder is I just take a scoop in water a day, every day. I usually have it after my lunch with a little bit of magnesium powder and it is amazing. Tastes great and gives me great energy, mental clarity, supports detoxification, good blood flow and oxygenation to really help me get everything I need from my day. So guys, check it out again, paleovalley.com forward slash jockers, and that will save you 15% off. This podcast is an audio recording of one of my most popular YouTube videos on 10 ways to heal insulin resistance. We know our society has an epidemic of metabolic dysfunction and insulin resistance. In fact, recent research has shown that roughly nine out of 10 people are metabolically dysfunctional, meaning that they are stuck in sugar burning mode. Their body is not very responsive to insulin and therefore they're not good at burning fat for fuel. And this is a big time problem because if you can't burn fat for fuel, 
you were going to create a lot more inflammation in your system by this, this process of insulin resistance. And you're going to create a lot more reactive oxygen species and a whole host of other issues. And really insulin resistance is at the root of chronic inflammation and chronic inflammatory conditions. And so we've got to have strategies to heal naturally. And that's what I go through in this podcast. You guys are going to learn a lot from this. And if you know anybody that's dealing with metabolic syndrome, which is most people, you know, diabetes, pre-diabetes, any sort of issue like this, this is a great podcast to send them. You can literally change and save their lives with this message. And if you've not left us a five-star review, now is the time to do that. Just go to Apple iTunes, scroll to the bottom where it says reviews, leave us a five-star review. When you do that, it helps us reach more people and impact more lives with this message. Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you for being a part of our community. And let's go into the show. Hey guys, got a great video for you today. We're talking about insulin resistance, 10 ways to stabilize your blood sugar levels naturally. We know diabetes, pre-diabetes, these are at epidemic levels. More people with insulin resistance and blood sugar issues than ever before. And these are signs that you may have insulin resistance. Typically, people with insulin resistance tend to be overweight and have trouble losing weight. Now, it's not always the case. Sometimes they're normal weight. Sometimes they're actually a little bit underweight. But as a tendency, they tend to be a little bit more overweight and trouble losing weight. Typically have a large appetite. And usually they'll eat food and yet still crave sweets. I know a lot of people deal with this. I know for me, when I dealt with insulin resistance as a very lean individual, I actually dealt with this. Um, I would eat food and yet I would still want something sweet or something with sugar in it. And that's a classic sign of insulin resistance because the body wants to get more sugar in the system because it's not getting into the cells well. Oftentimes you feel very tired after your meals. You have frequent thirst. You have an urge to urinate often. For women, they can often develop PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. For females, high insulin can cause one of two things typically. Uh, an insulin surge can also cause, cause an estrogen surge and cause a condition of estrogen dominance or can cause a surge in testosterone. And that's what we see with PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, is when they, the individual eats, when the woman eats, her insulin goes up and then that's followed by testosterone going up. So the insulin triggers the production of testosterone, which causes the development of these cysts in our ovaries, okay, as well as other issues. A lot of times people with PCOS deal with acne is, is oftentimes an issue or sometimes a little bit of um, facial hair. That's an issue that, that a lot of women deal with. Males oftentimes will have low testosterone, so they end up dealing with andropause. So they start to develop the belly fat, which is kind of classic with insulin resistance, and then their testosterone levels go down. Acne, skin tags, skin pigmentation changes, all associated with insulin resistance, high blood pressure, and high triglyceride levels. And so we've got this condition of prediabetes. You may have not been diagnosed with diabetes, but you might have prediabetes, which is elevated blood sugar up over 100 milligrams per deciliter, okay? And a lot of, there's so many individuals out there with prediabetes, and they don't even know it. They're not, they haven't been diagnosed. Nobody's really testing it or looking at it. And they're sitting in this area, this gray zone between normal and type 2 diabetes, 
and the continue to live a lifestyle that's leading them towards type 2 diabetes. And that's a big issue. And so here's the role of insulin. So when we eat food, our blood sugar naturally rises, and then we produce insulin to take that sugar and put it in the bloodstream. If the sugar is left elevated in the bloodstream, it actually causes massive amounts of inflammatory and oxidative stress on the bloodstream. It actually damages the endothelial lining, causes heart disease, okay? And it also damages other tissues like the brain. Now, it needs also needs to get into the cell so we can produce cellular energy as well. So insulin's job is to get it into the cell so we can produce energy and so we can clear it out of the bloodstream so we don't end up with elevated blood sugar. However, what happens is over time, due to inflammation, we actually damage the insulin receptor. And now we're not able to take a, uptake the sugar as well. So we get less sugar molecules getting into the cell, more sugar molecules staying in the bloodstream. And again, they end up binding to different proteins and enzymes and creating something called advanced glycolytic enzymes, AGEs, which will damage all the surrounding tissue, particularly damaging to the endothelial lining of the blood vessel because obviously the sugar's in the blood so it's going to very much damage the blood vessel walls which can increase our risk of cardiovascular disease high insulin when we have this elevated insulin like we talked about before can cause elevated testosterone and pcos in women elevated estrogen in men low testosterone elevated estrogen which we see with andropause causes more oxidative stress in fact high levels of insulin in the blood even though insulin is very important if we have high levels in the blood because our receptors aren't responding to it, it's going to actually activate uh, inflammatory gene pathways that increase the oxidative stress levels throughout the body and amplify the message of inflammation. So they increase the amount of inflammatory activity coming from our immune system, which can be really problematic. It also decreases liver detoxification pathways. Phase one, phase two, liver detox slows down. We increase blood pressure, increase LDL cholesterol as well as triglycerides, lower HDL, HDL cholesterol, and it's going to cause fluctuations in our neurotransmitters that are going to cause us to not feel good. Okay, oftentimes have mood disorders or anger, different issues like that. So it can definitely be problematic. Now, this slide obviously goes over a little bit more about, you can kind of see the visuals on insulin resistance, but you see insulin resistance is going to develop if you have high levels of insulin circulating in your blood, high levels of inflammation in your body. So inflammation can also cause damage to the insulin receptor, whether it's blood sugar mediated or not. For example, if you're exposed to a lot of radiation or uh, certain environmental toxins, you have heavy metals, heavy metal toxicity, you have a lot of lead from you know, lead-based paint or mercury from amalgam fillings in your mouth, that can cause more inflammation in the body, which can blunt the insulin receptor. Also, if you have excessive fat stored in your pancreas and liver, like a fatty liver type issue, it's going to cause more insulin resistance. And so here are factors that increase that, being overweight or obese, obviously a bad diet, sedentary lifestyle, stress, smoking, high blood pressure, sleep issues, particularly sleep apnea, which I see often, um, high dose of steroids, polycystic ovarian, ovarian disease or Cushing's disease can also increase that. Now, when we're looking at the blood sugar chart, you can see here, our fasting blood sugar normally for somebody without diabetes, without like a type 1 diabetes, should be between 70 to 99, OK? 
milligrams per deciliter. That's typically where it should be. Uh, the official ADA recommendation for somebody with diabetes, 80 to 130, okay, optimal, really should be around 60 to 90, okay? Pre-diabetes would be 100 to, I believe, 126. Uh, 126 or above becomes diabetes. Okay, now two hours after a meal, all right, so we take our blood sugar after we consume a meal, normal would be less than 140. The official ADA recommendation for somebody with diabetes when you're managing diabetes is less than 180. However, optimal, where we really want it in the functional medicine world, is less than 120, okay? And I, I'm sorry, when it says diabetes, it's type 2 diabetes that we're looking at here. Um, but it should be less than 120. So you eat a meal, your blood sugar is going to go up, but within two hours, it should definitely be going down pretty significantly. And really, ultimately, especially if you're keto adapted, um, it's not going to get much over 100. Okay. And that, that's a positive sign that you've got better blood sugar balance and metabolic flexibility in your body. Now, hemoglobin A1C, which is a three month measurement of how much glycation or basically damage is happening to the hemoglobin, to your to the protein component of your red blood cell, how much damage is taking place. And so normal for a person without diabetes is less than 5.7. When we're managing diabetes, the ADA, the American Diabetes Association, recommends seven or less. Now, I don't recommend that at all. That's very high. There's a lot of damage taking place. Optimal, okay, is going to be between 4.5 and 5.2. That's typically the the range that I'm looking to get my clients into. I just wanted to interrupt this podcast to tell you about one of my favorite supplements. It's called curcumin gold. You guys know I'm a huge advocate of turmeric, this Indian spice and the different polyphenols and compounds in there that help reduce inflammation. The most well-studied is curcumin. Curcumin has been shown to outperform your typical non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like ibuprofen, Advil, and Tylenol in many different studies by reducing pain and inflammation without the harmful side effects. And what I love about the curcumin gold is that it contains turmeric curcumin extract. It contains vegan omega-3s made from algae, the long chain uh, omega-3 called DHA, which is so powerful for the brain, so powerful for heart health and reducing inflammation. It also has ginger oil. Those carefully selected ingredients support healthy joint function and address the root cause of inflammation within your body. Now, trust me when I say you won't find anything else on the market quite like this. In fact, my friends over at Purality Health have a patented formula that utilizes something called micell liposomal technology which delivers nutrients directly into your blood bloodstream. And it's proven to be 800% more efficient than traditional supplements. Even better, it's backed by a 180-day money-back guarantee. And today, we have a 30% off coupon just for you. Visit PurityHealth.com. Use the coupon DRJ to access 30% off today. Blood sugar in the brain, how does it affect the brain? Well, you can see right here, medical researchers have found that type 2 diabetes with an average blood glucose level of 190 had a 40% higher risk of dementia. And the high blood sugar just causes massive inflammation in the brain. So 40% higher risk of dementia than individuals with an average blood glucose of 160. So made a big difference. 
middle-aged type 1 diabetics with higher rates of brain lesions and slower cognitive function of people with type 1 diabetes. Um, and so uh, this is, you know, obviously a big issue. And then experiencing an episode of extremely low blood sugar or hypoglycemic required medical attention was associated with a twofold increase in the risk of Alzheimer's disease. So when that blood sugar drops too low, it definitely can cause major issues. That's what a lot of individuals with type 1 diabetes deal with. And so we've got to keep that blood sugar very stable and our strategies that do that. Number one is an anti-inflammatory ketogenic diet and lifestyle, a huge component of that. I'll talk more about that. Reducing stress, keeping stress down, practicing deep breathing, improving your sleep quality. The quality of your sleep is going to make a big difference in your blood sugar and your insulin levels. Getting regular exercise, okay? And I, I, I really, especially if you're at risk of prediabetes or, or diabetes, um, if you're dealing with that, fatty liver, uh, any of the symptoms we talked about there, Getting some high-intensity exercise, high-intensity interval training or resistance training can be extremely helpful here. Optimizing vitamin D levels. Vitamin D plays a huge role in our blood sugar stability. So we've got to have optimal vitamin D. We want to practice intermittent fasting, which is a huge player in keeping our insulin down and keeping blood sugar stable. Improving digestive health. Use of probiotics. Research showing on you know improving that gut flora plays a big role as well in keeping our blood sugar stable. Hidden foods, avoid hidden food sensitivities. You know, I've seen a lot of people where they're on a ketogenic style diet, yet their blood sugar is still high, insulin is still high, and we find out that every time they eat eggs and they're eating eggs on a regular basis, and you know, I'm just pointing out eggs in this in this scenario, but every time they're eating the eggs, their body is having an immune response to it. And that immune response is ending up creating an alarm in their body that elevates blood sugar, elevates stress hormones, elevates blood sugar, and elevates insulin. And so we take the eggs out and blood sugar starts to drop, insulin starts to drop, and they get the benefits that come with nutritional ketosis. So if you do have food sensitivities, you know, the first thing is just change your diet, get on real foods, particularly low-carbohydrate foods, implement some intermittent fasting. But if you're not seeing changes there, we've got to look at food sensitivities. We want to make sure we're using anti-inflammatory nutrients, keep the inflammatory storm down, and take a high-quality multivitamin, particularly a multivitamin with a lot of chromium and vanadium trace minerals that help to balance and stabilize your blood sugar. And so a ketogenic diet, a lot of people ask me, is a ketogenic diet safe for diabetics? Okay, and when it comes to type 2 diabetes, not only is it safe, but actually it's the very best thing they can be doing. Getting really trying to focus the nutrition plan on improving their ability to use fat for fuel will bring down the insulin. So the individuals with type 2 diabetes, they have a problem with too much insulin. So we need a nutrition plan that does not spike insulin every time we eat. So high fats, avocados, nuts and seeds, um, in some cases, grass-fed dairy, like butter, you know, can be really helpful. Coconut, um, olives, olive oil, right? Those coconut fats. Healthy meats, okay? Eggs, things like that, as long as, again, they're not having a mute reaction to it. And then low-glycemic, uh, low-glycemic, low-starch or fibrous vegetables can be really helpful. And maybe a very small amount of fruit, like lemons and limes, maybe a tiny bit of berries, but in general, the more insulin resistant you are, 
the more problems you're going to have with fruit, okay? So you may be sticking with lemons and limes, avocados, and olives as your main fruit because avocados and olives are actually fruit. Those may be your main fruit, okay? Uh, until you get your insulin resistance under control, then you can implement a little bit more like berries and things like that, okay? So that's typically what you're looking at. And then a lot of herbs. Herbs are fantastic. Basil, oregano, thyme, uh, ginger, turmeric. Uh, these, these things are great for reducing inflammation, improving digestive health, stabilizing blood sugar. Taking time to do a lot of deep breathing. So the average person is a short, shallow breather, 12 to 18 breaths per minute, constantly stimulating this fight or flight physiology. So when we're short, shallow breathing, the body says, okay, this is, we, you know, we, need, we need stress hormones elevated. We're in a period of time where we need to create energy quickly, okay? As opposed to when we are taking a long time inhaling and exhaling, that's going to tell the body we're in a time, we're in a place where we can rest, where we can heal, we can keep stress hormones down, we can burn fat for fuel, and uh, you know we can really focus on deep healing that needs to take place. And that's important. That's an anti-inflammatory physiology. So we need to make sure we're really focusing on that. Ruling out sleep apnea, this is another big factor, especially for those individuals that are following the right diet principles, like I've talked about, intermittent fasting, ketogenic style diets, okay? You're doing your best to keep stress under control, you're exercising, and yet you're not seeing changes, you're still having issues with high blood sugar, with insulin resistance. The big thing we need to focus on is sleep apnea, where we stop breathing in the middle of the night. Sometimes this can be just related to uh, like a structural issue or may have like tonsils that are too large or you know something along those lines. Uh, sometimes it's an issue with the brain communicating with the palate. Okay, so we've got to figure this out. And there are things we can do, like uh, create like a, an elevation in, in the bed that, that can help with sleeping. There's obviously things like a CPAP machine. Oftentimes we'll see things like uh, food sensitivity, right? Again, uh, be a, a big player in somebody's sleep apnea, where they're, the way their body is responding to the inflammation from the food sensitivity is to uh, damage the nervous system between the brain and the palate. And so as we start to get rid of that food, Right? The body can heal, and uh, we can get over these kinds of issues. So again, look at the risk factors. Look at the symptoms. Okay, Very, very important that sleep apnea is addressed. Okay, That's very important. I'm a huge fan also of mouth taping, putting on some tape over your mouth. You just get like some surgical tape, um, something that's easy to rip off. You put that over your mouth uh, when you go to bed to sleep, and that can helps stimulate nose breathing. And nose breathing is associated with that parasympathetic response to help you uh, get deeper sleep, to help balance and stabilize your blood sugar. So I would recommend that. High-intensity interval training and resistance training. So if you want to prevent insulin resistance, I would recommend doing this at least twice a week, okay? And optimally three to maybe four times a week doing some sort of high-intensity strength training or running or doing intervals where you're going really hard for a short period of time with uh, you know, a, a break in between sets of sprints or uh, you could do it on uh, a stationary bike or an elliptical or something like that. This kind of exercise is going to help your body become much more insulin sensitive, particularly incorporating more lower body exercises like squats 
deadlifts, um, lunges. These things are fantastic for the body. They also help stimulate autophagy. So exercise, you know, you might do good high intensity strength training workout for 30 minutes or so, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, for example. For me, I like four days a week. I do two upper body, two lower body. And then on my off days, my three off days, I just try to move a lot. I try to get out, take walks, you play with my kids, just stay moving. I think that's so important on a daily basis and then incorporating some of this intense resistance training or, or hit interval training. Very powerful. Again, you don't need much. Something like between 10 to 30 minutes. I really don't recommend more than 30 minutes of high intensity exercise more than you know four days a week okay three to four days a week should be perfect ultimately that's less than two hours of high intensity training a week you can totally do that and be in amazing incredible shape so i'd recommend that um really working on the intestinal flora plays such a big role in how you balance your blood sugar levels got to get good microbes in there probiotics can be very effective for that so using the right type of probiotics can be a powerful way to support your gut and support your ability to stabilize blood sugar. And so vitamin D levels, ideally, especially for somebody with insulin resistance, I'm looking to get them certainly over 50, really probably more like that 70 to 80 range, okay, to help get that insulin stability, okay, lower the insulin, get better blood sugar response. Vitamin D just plays such a big role in modulating inflammation in the body and supporting metabolic activity. So, yeah, obviously, vitamin D, the best source is getting out in the sunshine. So do that as often as you can. But for many of you guys, you may also need to supplement with vitamin D as well. Okay, And other supplements that are powerful are anti-inflammatory supplements like a high-quality omega-3. Omega-3 fatty acids are one of the most studied supplements, studied nutrients to help support insulin sensitivity. So I'm a huge fan of using high quality EPA and DHA, these long chain fatty acids in the triglyceride form, which is similar to what our, the way our body carries it, which will actually get into the cell membrane, make the cell membrane more fluid and more adaptable and more insulin sensitive. So high quality omega-3s. And I like this product, Pro Omega CRP, because it also has optimized curcumin. So high dose curcumin, which shuts down certain inflammatory amplifying pathways. This is the same nutrient that we find in, uh, in turmeric, right? And so very, very powerful for reducing inflammation. Glutathione, a reduced form of glutathione, as well as the uh, amino acid and acetylcysteine, which is really powerful for upregulating glutathione levels in the body. And glutathione is our body's master antioxidant. So this is really great for blood sugar stability, reducing inflammation in the body. This is one of my go-to supplements. Anytime I'm working with somebody with diabetes, insulin resistance, really working on improving their blood sugar stability, this is a supplement I use, Pro Omega CRP. And I also like to use a high-quality multivitamin like I was talking about, particularly one that has a lot of chromium and vanadium. So we created this product called High Energy Support because we were seeing so many people with insulin resistance, particularly they would their energy would drop after meals. And so they would notice this. They would eat food, you know, and they would have this large appetite, eat a large meal, and get this big blood sugar jump and insulin response, and they would be fatigued afterwards. And so we created this supplement with high-dose chromium, vanadium, B vitamins, trace minerals to help support the body 
and get better blood sugar stability, a lowered insulin response. Okay. And we noticed that people feel really, they eat obviously a healthy meal and they feel just very, very good after that meal. In some cases, we need digestive enzymes as well to support that, keep that energy really good throughout the day um, by supporting the digestive tract as well as getting these blood sugar stabilizing nutrients into the body. And so one thing we created was our blood sugar support pack, which includes a good quality probiotic, includes the pro omega CRP that I was talking about, the high energy support multivitamin, as well as our vitamin D3, K2 power to support the vitamin D levels, as well as getting the K2 for optimal calcium metabolism to keep the uh, the the arterial beds healthy and strong. And this is really what I'm using for people to help overcome insulin resistance, get that blood sugar stable. You can check it out. We got a you know great offer on it on one of the links below this video. So check that out. Hopefully this was very educational for you guys. You got a lot of value out of it. Would love to know your thoughts, your feedback, any questions you have. Would love to be able to help you. And guys, I'll see you on a future video. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.